You know, I think a lot of us have a goal or we have a dream and we hit a roadblock and we stop and we pivot. You know, one of the things for me that I want to instill into my kids and I'm trying to instill into my kids is whatever your goals are, it could be whatever it is. Just keep going. None of the, none of the paths are going to be paved without ups and downs and peaks and valleys and challenges. And that's just not how it works. This isn't the movies. This is real life. Welcome to The Art of Fatherhood, a podcast that takes you on the journey of fatherhood. Now here's your host, Art Eddy. This week's The Art of Fatherhood podcast is being brought to you by Belly. Attention all dads-to-be. It's time to supercharge your journey to fatherhood with Belly Prenatal for Men. Why belly? Because sperm counts and you're 50% of the pregnancy equation. This is your legacy, so why not bring the best genes you can to the whole baby-making process? It's an easy way to support your partner, optimize your fertility, promote healthy sperm, and give your future little you a great start to life. Visit babybelly.com now and get ready to rock the adventure of fatherhood with Belly by your side. Belly, where fatherhood truly begins. What's going on, everybody? Artie here for another edition of the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I'm very honored to have this gentleman on. It's none other than Carlos Boozer. Thanks for taking the time to chat with me, sir. How you doing? Man, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, man. Looking forward to chatting with you about hoops. Obviously, congrats on your new book, Every Shot Counts. But people follow you on social media, man. They know that fatherhood means so much to you. So you're like such a great guest to have on the show because you really care about being a dad. So let's take it back. When you found out you were going to be a dad, what was going through your mind, sir? Oh, I was fight it man i was young in my mid-20s like 24 25 when i found out and you know my wife at the time was surprised because we weren't trying you know we had a plan or whatever and god had a whole other plan for us so you know carmani came a little earlier than expected but i, I was so so excited man you know, obviously and finding out that he was going to be a boy like my first was going to be a boy i was through the moon excited i'll say nice man love that Talk about, I mean, if people know your career, obviously they read about your story through your book now. And then obviously not just basketball, but the great work you do commentating. They know like kind of your perspective on life, but talk about the core values besides hard work, I'm guessing, but some of the other core values you're looking to instill into them. Oh, so many. I mean, from faith to, you know, stick to it. Like, you know, a lot of people, one of the things about my book that you read in the book is like my main story is keep going. You know, I think a lot of us have a goal or we have a dream and we hit a roadblock and we stop and we pivot. You know what I mean? And I think, you know, one of the things for me that I want to instill into my kids and I'm trying to instill into my kids is whatever your goals are, it could be whatever it is. Just keep going. None of the, none of the paths are going to be paved without ups and downs and peaks and valleys and challenges. And that's just not how it works. This isn't the movies. This is real life. And in real life, you're going to come across some speed bumps. And you're going to be faced with this question. You're going to keep going or you're going to turn. And I kept going. Yeah. And so I encourage my readers. I encourage your listeners. I encourage the audience. Keep going. Whatever your goal is. You can have a goal when you're 12. You can have a goal when you're 30. You can have a goal when you're 50. All I'm saying is keep going. I love that. Yeah. This is a great mantra to have. Let's kind of flip the script. Talk about something that your kids have taught you about yourself or about life that maybe you didn't know was there until you became a dad. Yeah, I mean, early on, I would say when they were like my oldest son, Carmani, was like four or five and my twins were four. This is before Bloom. Bloom just got here almost five years ago. Nice. But when they were like four and five, 
I didn't know I had a fear of heights until we went to Orlando to Disney World and we had to ride the Hulk, which was is an amusement park and it's a amusement ride. And I didn't know I had a fear of heights. And so my sons were like, yo, we want to go on amusement. We want to go on this ride. It's the Hulk. They were all like, like in the, you know, end of the green monster. Right. So I'm like, okay, let's go. And then we get there and we go on the ride and we're going up. And I'm like, are we still going up? <laughs> I had no idea I had a fear of heights. So it made me face my fear of roller coasters. I didn't even know I had. Yeah. Wow. That's that's I appreciate that story. Like a lot of people say like patience or something like that, but you actually said like, Hey, it was fear of heights. It was because of them. But again, you pulled through, you could have pivot, but like, no, I'm going to do this for my kids. I love that. And then, so then right in the middle of the, in the middle of the battle, the middle of the heat and the middle of the, the, the I'm, I'm talking about the battle within, like, I'm like, do yeah. I go on this? One? My kids are looking at me for the bravery. Right. So if I cower now, then I could end up inherently giving that cower to them. Yeah. And so I'm like, I got to be brave for my kids so that my kids are brave. Right. I have a, one of my best friends. He's also my barber. He's also, his name is also Carlos. So my boy, one of my best friends, had a huge fear of dogs. Like, and I, I've always had dogs since I was in college. I had dogs on campus at Duke. I've always had dogs. And so he comes to my, this is like one of the first times we ever met. Earth is way, it's like 10, 12 years ago. He comes over to the crib. I got a Rottweiler, you know? So my Roddy is, is in the hallway. He pulls up to the, to the hallway and he had to walk into my house because I already let him in the gate. He calls me and is like, yo, can you move your dog? I'm like, are you afraid of dogs? He's like, no, nah, no, nah, can you just move the dog? I was like, Ew. and so fast forward, he has a kid named Max, my nephew. And I'm like, you you got to get a dog just, just for Max. So Max won't be afraid of dogs. So it, it's just one of those things like as a dad, you're going to, or as a parent, you could be, you know, a mom as well. You're going to come to moments where you got to face your fears so that your kids don't see that you're afraid so that they won't be afraid. True yes. story. Love that, man. Thank you for putting that in perspective, too, because everyone deals with, you know, certain fears. Let me ask you this, a follow up with the with the roller coasters. How many roller coasters have you been on after the Hulk? <laughs> a million of them, bro. I've been on everything. I mean, we go to six flat. I have no choice. Yeah. Listen, between my, my my sons are older now. Right. So my, yeah. my 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 oldest son's 17. The twins, Cameron and K- are 16. So from like four to like 15, I've been on every ride at Universal Every ride at Six Flags, like I've been, like I have no fear. Let's go. When we go, I snowboard. I'm jumping off. Like I have no fear now, and it's be, of, of heights, and it's because of my kids. That's awesome, man. Such a good dad, right there. I love that, Carlos. Uh, one more question before we get into uh, your book and basketball, of course. Dad hack or piece of advice? A lot of things you've been saying, I think, could be like perceived as a good piece of advice. But for new dads listening to this, do you have a dad hack or piece of advice you like to offer to them? Um, I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind when I'm talking about new dads is sleep when they sleep, bro. Listen, mm-hmm. sleep when they sleep. Okay, I don't care what age. I don't care if it's two months. I don't care if it's if it's ten years. When they sleep, you sleep. Yep. Obviously, all parents go through this. You go from being like a narcissist. Because it's all about you, right? You don't have any kids. And then all of a sudden you have someone to take care of. And so now you're, make time for yourself. What happens is you become such a protector, such a provider, such a great parent, you lose yourself and your kids. I'm just being honest with you guys. Find time for mom, find time for dad, find time for yourself so that you can, whether that's go golfing, whether that's going to work out, whether that's meditating, whether that's just, like taking a walk, it could be whatever you're into. All I'm saying is 
find time for yourself because what happens when you become a parent is you lose yourself and your kids. You're wrapped up and you're supposed to. That's what good yeah. parents do. I'm not knocking that part of it. I'm just saying find time for yourself. 100% agree. New dads, new parents of this. Carlos is spot on. You got to have, it's like that Seinfeld sketch, uh, sketch. independent George and relationship George. You got to have a little <laughs> mixture of both. Got to be a balance. Yeah. Yes. Like I said, congrats on uh, Every Shot Counts. Uh, you cover yeah. a lot of topics in this book. It's a great read. While working on this book, is there a moment or a story or something that you were kind of on the fence? Obviously, with your attitudes being like, you know, you got to face your fears. But when you're writing this book, are there certain things like, should I want the public to know about this? Like, how'd you kind of weigh like what you're going to put in there? No, it's a great question. There is, when you're writing a book about like a memoir, it's about your past, right? It's about your past and where you are now and where you want to go, right? So tapping into the past, there's a lot of topics that you either you dealt with and healed from, or you didn't deal with. And now that you're writing a book, now you got to deal with them even more. So I probably... I don't know whether it was divorce, you know, like bringing up that, like I have great relationships with Cece, who's the mother of my sons and Nika, who's the mother of my daughter. Like we're like really close friends, both of them. And, you know, it's like, those were like topics because it's so close to home. My kids are going to read this book one day, came across my, my mind. I want to make sure that my voice is heard on how I felt through those moments I want to also make sure that their mom's voice was heard and how they felt through these moments. But I also want to tread lightly because this is a, these are the mother of my kids. These are my children. So the divorce topics was tough for me in my book because even though, you know, the majority of it, 99% of it have been addressed between, you know, the adults and we've healed from it and moved forward. It's still like when you read a book, you're reliving it all over again. So just to be just to be very honest, it was the divorces for me. Thank you very much for sharing that. And I think one of the things too, of course, people know from your time from Duke and how much people really respect, not just you, but coach K the yeah. forward, man, I, I got like goosebumps yeah. reading that. Like, cause the word, the first word was genuine. Right. And the fact that he put that in there, talk about, and, and I just love the fact that he said, you know, I'm not trying to be uh, taking anything from his parents. Like he was like a second son to me, but the fact that, you know, he, he saw like the, the good foundation your family had. So it was a great intro into your book. Um, just from his perspective and all that. But when you hear, when you see, when you read that, like genuine, talk about like what that meant to you, especially from, you know, your coach at Duke. Man, everything. You know, the great thing about Coach K, yeah, I've known him since I'm 17 years old. You know, I'm about to turn 42 next month. And he's known me for the majority of my life, especially my adulthood. So, you know, the, when I was writing my book and I was really going back uh, a long, I mean, you're going, I'm going back to childhood, like, you know, my childhood traumas and, and I'm thinking about who to write the forward. And he came to my mind immediately. It was like coaches known me since I'm 17 years old when I had this crazy ego thinking I'm the best player that ever played from Alaska and, all, you know, all this stuff, right? <laughs> you know, the ego you have at 17. And and now I'm a grown I'm, I'm a grown man with four kids and, you know, a lot of different things I've gone through in life, you know, whatever. And I'm thinking this is the guy that I'm still learning from today. And I talked to you know, every couple of weeks, you know, a couple of times a month. And when I reached out to coach to ask him, he wrote me back immediately and was like, I got you. Nice. Like, and I think when you, when you're, when you're a person like coach K and you've met everybody from presidents to prime ministers to, you know, everybody that coach K has been encountered with, when he gives you a compliment, like genuine, it means a little bit more because of who he is. 
Yeah. You know, like one of the one of the great things about Coach K that you guys probably don't know is that with all his accomplishments, which is a lot, it's a long list, okay? Yeah. Um, he treated every single day like he had something to prove. And that that was one of the lessons that I learned from Coach K was that like no matter what you achieve, and it's awesome, you got to celebrate those small victories, you got to celebrate the big victories too. But you you got to treat each day with, with gratitude. And he did that. Like he had five championships and was treating every Every new team that came in, he was treating them like it was the first team he ever had. And, and that's why every kid that played for Coach K got the best version of Coach K because he he had that grateful attitude every single like he's grateful to be the Duke K coach. He's yeah. grateful to coach you. So another another thing I want to tap into before we move forward about coach is that in my in my in my lifetime, I've been around some really, really great people. And the great coaches for me were the ones that the relationship lasted beyond the court. And Coach K taught me that. My relationship with Coach is way beyond basketball. And I'm sure other athletes feel the same way, way beyond the field that they play different sports. But Coach has had an impact on my life even greater off the court than he has on the court. That's amazing. Yeah, Thank you very much for sharing that. And uh, before we kind of start a little talking about more hoops, I know we're obviously talking about Coach K and you and your relationship, but like, as a writer, as, and I love the fact that you had the idea of like, my kids are going to read this someday. So I want to make sure that I put this in, in a light that they can appreciate, but just for the general audience, especially like, you know, if someone sees you like playing Duke and then playing in the NBA, and like I said, doing a great job commentating, like you grew up in Alaska, like all of these things, right. <laughs> that like they learn about you that you put so well in the book. What do you hope the reader, like, I know you said like, you know, don't pivot, just go through it and all that. But like, what do you hope the readers will get from this after reading the book? Since you're the you know, author, and I'd love to hear from that from you. Yeah, I think I think the majority thing for me is that to the dreamer out there, obviously, is keep going, right? But okay, let, this I'll put it to you like this: I didn't get to where I, I got to by myself. It took a village for me, right? And so I was surrounded by parents who believed in me and encouraged me, by my family, like my sisters and brothers who encouraged me and believed in me, by my coaches, like I my my teammates. You know, I I got help from so many different sources. So the message, obviously, for the dreamer is to keep going, you know, go through some of those hardships and you'll, you'll be greatly rewarded. Right. But it's also to the parent or the spouse or the sibling or the teammate, like find your tribe that that's going to encourage you, not discourage you. Find your tribe that's going to push you and not pull you like, like you, you want to be able to find your tribe that's like-minded, that's going to encourage you to accomplish whatever it is that you want. And that's also part of the message in my book. Like I, I was very fortunate to have a tribe, a big tribe, by the way, a <laughs> tribe that that helped me. I didn't get here by myself. That is phenomenal, Carlos. And also too, like, I don't know about you, but as I became a dad, I started to read books and things differently from different perspectives, right? Whether it's fiction, nonfiction, whatever the case may be, what the main character is going through and like how I react as a dad. And then obviously as that character, whatever that, but the fact you said, like, you know, it takes a village, but also find your tribe. That's something like I've got two daughters and it's always like, find the people that appreciate who, you know, who you are, but also maybe will help out point out the flaws in a good positive way. Right. But the idea of like reading this book as someone who likes your career, but also as a basketball fan, but also as a dad, like there's many facets. I was kind of like seeing this through. So really appreciate that. My pleasure, um, man. Obviously, Duke, like we're talking about Coach K, and like that's like that's like 
NBA, I'm not, I'm not trying to diss any other colleges, but that's one of the colleges where it's like NBA light, where like you see a lot of players that are playing at Duke, they're going to be in the NBA, right? But for you personally, what was the transition like from Duke playing at, you know, such a high level, always a spotlight on you, whether you have like, Duke is kind of like the Yankees, right? Like you either love them or you hate them, right? So what was the biggest transition for you personally from going from Duke to the NBA? First of all, Duke prepared me more than I could have ever. And you don't know, right? When you're going through it, you're just going through it. You're plowing it every day. You're knocking out your homework. You got study sessions. You're knocking out practice. I'm competing against some of the best college kids and just right in practice. I'm learning from a Hall of Fame coach. And I got aspirations of going to the next level. You don't realize how much all of that prepared you for the next level until you get there. Yeah. You know, like I, I always had a routine. You know, whether that was my homework routine or my the game routine, getting there three hours early and getting prepared. And like preparation was a big thing for me. And I learned that at Duke with Coach K. And so when I got to the NBA, what people don't tell you is, you know, you practice from, you know, 10 to 1 or you practice from 11 to 2. You practice for three hours. What do you do for the rest of the day? Right. They don't talk to they don't talk. But because I, I was such a good uh, uh, prep person, like whether that was prepping a meal or pre- I was such I was so prepared for everything. So when I get to the league, you know, you get to the NBA and you're traveling half the week. You only spend half the time, half the week with your family, or your friends or what have you. You're playing against the great company. I got you. Got, you want me to talk about stuff between the lines, but I'm talking to you about stuff outside the line. Yeah, you got to yeah. find time to like figure out what you're going to do with all this extra time you have early on and then but that, that that was the biggest thing for me was like being organized to keep reading books and go get back go back and get my degree and keep educating myself a, away from the game and then in between the lines oh my god everybody in the nba at the at the professional level was all baller in high school okay <laughs> everybody at the nba level was all baller in college okay they don't get there by accident so it don't matter if you're going against the starter or you're going against the backup. Guess what? Everybody can hoop. And that's what you learn your rookie year. Like, I remember coming in the game, and I'm going against Chris Weber, And he's, you know, Hall of Fame type of uh, power forward, 20, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists, playing on a great Sacramento Kings team with the rest of his rest of his teammates. And he's cooking me, okay? Cooking me, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a young rookie, and he's giving me a welcome to the NBA moment, right? And then he goes out, and I'm like, whoo, thank God. Woo, let's go. And then Brad Miller comes in the game. Yeah. And for y'all don't know Brad Miller, y'all thinking about Brad Miller, the hunter, the Brad Miller, the fisherman. Nah, Brad Miller, pick and pop 20 feet, knock down, rebound, physical, throw you a couple of elbows. Hey, good morning. How you doing? It was everybody. And then you, and then you take him out the game. Then they had this 6'11 athlete named Keon Clark that went to UNLV, playing all above the rim, dunking everything left. All I'm saying to you is, no matter how dominant you were in college, there's a team full of dominant guys in the NBA that all dominated college too. And so you realize that like, this really is the best of the best. Yeah. I appreciate the on and off uh, the court things that you were preparing for thinking about for the transition. It's funny though, too, like now, especially with social media, people being like, Oh, that guy's a bum. I can probably do better. And I've seen those videos, like with Brian Scalabrini, you know, former yes. like just wax people on the court. Yeah, listen, listen, Scalabrini, who you guys know is like the 12th man on the team, right? Oh, he's yeah. probably not that good. No, 
Scalabrini will cook anybody that's not in the NBA, okay? He got up and unders, got great touch. He, remember, people don't people think of Scalabrini with, with the Chicago Bulls and with the Celtics that never played. Well, Scalabrini at USC was like a walking triple double. He averaged like 16 points, eight rebounds, seven assists. That's how he got to the NBA. Yeah. I just I just think it's funny. I'm like, yeah, I love like, all right, go out there. You know, like, yeah, have fun, see what's gonna happen. Um, yeah. last question before the father, quick five. And again, I appreciate you being generous with your time. When you look back, obviously, while, you know, writing Every Shot Counts, thinking about your career, like, what are you most proud of? I mean, sometimes people think like, you know, oh, you're in the NBA, you're playing for a long time. Like you had the, you played a very long time. Well, maybe other people haven't. Again, they were able, they were great enough to get there, but you had the longevity. So talk a little bit about what you're most proud of in your career. Uh, I think the first, the, the first thing that comes to mind is what you just touched on. I think so many people put their name in the NBA draft every year. I mean, it's, it's got to be in the hundreds of thousands, right? So for me, just getting drafted, man. I mean, you know how many guys put their name in the draft and don't even hear their name get called? Like, I'm very, I, I have a huge gratitude uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers and, and in particular, John Lucas, who really gave me a shot. You know, I think there's a lot of guys that go into it thinking, oh, I deserve this and I'm entitled because I accomplished this and this. No, like, they don't have to call your name. They don't have to draft you. They don't have to do anything, right? They already got guys on the team. So they don't, they don't necessarily need you. So I, I give a huge shout out to John Lucas for giving me a chance in the NBA. Um, that was a big moment for me coming from where I came from. But I think basketball-wise, something I'm probably most proud of, um, you know, you think about the All-Star games, like getting a chance to, to be con con considered one of the best in your era is a big deal. Yeah. But for me, it's a gold medal, man. Like, I think that 2008 team in China, you know, we had lost it in 2004 to Argentina, who went on to win the gold medal in, in that game. And getting it to me, Melo, D-Wade, and Braun getting a chance to come back in 08 and redeem ourselves and get the gold medal with Kobe and J-Kid and D-Will, my teammate in Utah, and Chris Paul and Dwight Howard, like a, a roster full of studs. I think that was is, is probably the, the basketball uh, the most proud moment in my basketball career because it's the it's it's the one chance as an athlete you get a chance to wear USA across your jersey and represent your country, yeah. and that doesn't come along for athletes very often. Like think about it, these a lot of these track runners got to wait four years for that to happen, right? If they qualify, yeah. so it, it for me for me it's that, and it's because it's the best athletes on the planet all in the same place at the same. Like I got a chance to watch Michael Phelps. Dom, be a be a be a fish in the pool. I got a chance to watch Usain Bolt break the record and be the fastest man alive. Like there's stuff that I've seen at the Olympics that I would never get a chance to see anywhere else. So for me, it's 2008 Beijing Olympics, man. Nice, I love that, and I, I hope you don't. I, you know, I speak out of turn, but like the that one documentary that showcased that 2008. You know, yeah, I think it was on Netflix. The Redeem Team documentary was amazing and if again you guys haven't seen for, to your audience if you haven't seen the redeem team documentary watch it it'll surprise you it was so good and again with coach k the way he was yeah. like talking to everyone i was like i want to run through a brick wall for this guy right now it was like amazing so right i love it and the fact that you brought like you know um people in the military into being like hey yeah. and like i was like he this is why he's coach k <laughs> Yeah, like, case, that's yeah. why I tell people like coach, like what people don't know is he's the best motivator there ever was. Like, like coach K obviously, you know, went to army and, you know, served and, 
I think it's important for us at that moment for us to recognize the significance of wearing USA, wearing the, the United States flag on our jersey. Like we don't get a chance to do that. And just so you know, this is what the people who really wear that, that flag proudly, what they go through. This guy was blind, bro. Like it, I got chills right now thinking about him. Like getting a chance to represent our country as an athlete, there's nothing like that, man. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for uh, bringing the gold home. We appreciate it. Appreciate uh, it. Now we're going to finish off with a father quick five. Favorite family movie do you guys have? I know there's a, like a big age gap, but like, do you, is there a favorite family movie right now? You know what my kids fell in love with? The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, man. <laughs> Straight up. That's our favorite. It, it may not be a movie. It's a show. Yeah. But, but if I, we watch every episode. When my kids got, like, we're like 12. And they wanted to watch every episode. So we really got the DVDs and we watched every episode, man. Yeah, we watched that like a couple years back when it came out on streaming, and it was like, this is the show that like I would love watching. He made yeah. like Air Jordans cool, like in the sense of like beyond basketball with the green or the grape colorway and all stuff. Totally good. Yeah. Favorite genre of music, or is, do you guys have a family song, or is there a certain band or artist you couldn't wait to introduce your kids to? Oh, it's definitely hip hop and rap, no question about that. And they got a chance to meet the baby, they went crazy. They also, I took them to the Drake concert, they got to meet Drake backstage. This, this might have been like, Jesus, it would have been like six years ago. Oh, and that was also the night that I got introduced to um, Bad Bunny. I had no idea who this guy was. I'm like, why is everybody singing his song? And then, then I found out that he was a mega superstar. Anyway, so th they got to meet Drake, and I got to figure out who Bad Bunny was. It was nice, man. Great dad <laughs> moment. Like, you like you have some awesome dad street cry being like, who introduced <laughs> you to Drake? All right? Like, leave me alone. <laughs> Oh, Describe man. the perfect family vacation. Where would it be? I think I would be. I think it would be a beach somewhere, um, maybe in Europe. Try to try a different country out. You know, maybe Italy or something south of France. Maybe. Yeah. I think uh, as long as they had Wi-Fi and got to play Xbox and and and, and PlayStation, they'd be happy. As long and now that they're older, as long as they had cell phones where they can get in touch with they their girlfriends and their homies, they'd be happy. Nice. Um, I'm a sneakerhead, so I gotta ask you favorite sneaker of all time to rock maybe on the court and then one to be like just a casual sneaker. Do you have one? I would say the Hirachi's hand down on the court was the most comfortable shoe. I'm a big man, so I'm a little heavier than some of the guards, but that Hirachi to the Hirachi from yeah. Nike was yeah. probably the most comfortable shoe I ever had throughout my career. And I think I just think Jordan threes, man, they're just classic, they go with everything. You can wear them to prom, you can wear them to the movies you can wear them at a baseball game you can wear them at at top golf you know what i mean like i think the jordan threes yeah nice man and lastly top three words you hope your kids would use to describe you as a dad what would you want them to be man powerful i, I would say um a leader i would say um honest and i would say uh a protector nice great three words as a dad, you want to protect your kids man yeah, great three words right there. Really appreciate that. People, make sure you follow Carlos on Instagram uh, at Mr. C Booze and also Twitter at Mr. C Booze as well. And also pick up every shot counts, wherever your pickup books. Is there a certain, because for like, I love asking authors, is there a site that you care about where people like pick up the books or just anywhere you pick up books, get it? <laughs> yeah, anywhere. You can go to Barnes and Nobles. You can go anywhere you can get books at. Every shot counts is out now. Remember, keep going, man. Don't let nothing stop you from what you want. Again, thank you very much. I know you're a busy guy. Thank you for the time. I wish you and your family continued success. And it was an honor to chat with you about fatherhood, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you.
I want to thank this week's sponsor, Belly, for sponsoring the Art of Fatherhood podcast. I really appreciate their support, and I love the fact that they're looking to help not just women, but also men as they look to start a family. So for more information, make sure you go to their website at bellybaby.com. And while you're on the internet, please rate, subscribe, and review to the Art of Fatherhood podcast, and check out my site at artoffatherhood.net. There's columns on fatherhood, spotlighting dads who are doing things right. There's pop culture stories that I write with my family. There's a lot of other great things you can check out there at my site. And you can also win some cool stuff and get the latest and greatest in all things family. So make sure you go to artoffatherhood.net and rate, subscribe, and review to the Art of Fatherhood podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Art of Fatherhood podcast. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and go to artoffatherhood.net.